Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. Diwali, any holiday you celebrate, uh, man, this is our holiday special. You got to have a holiday special. This is going to be a fun one. We have a special guest for a special episode. The holidays are coming up, and it's also the end of 2020. You know, it was that year that had such beautiful, even numbers and metaphors for seeing clearly. Then it turned in such, into such a shit show. Well, I, I bet... As much as it was crazy and not what we expected, it has actually helped us see more clearly, which is awesome. And so one of the things I want to do here was just take a look back in time and look at some of the different episodes we've had this entire year. And there's been a lot of them, actually, over 120 episodes. This will make 121. Lots of conversations to talk about. And to help me look at them is our guest, and she is a returning guest she joined me back in June for episode 164, where we recounted everything ABM. And we really honestly had just a great time doing it. It was a no-brainer for this holiday recounting of the best of 2020. Former teacher turned marketing leader who still finds time to teach our sales team. What? Yes, that's right. I get to work with her here at Cheshire Impact. She is a Pardot certified consultant, marketing practitioner, producer, creator, She's the one powering the marketing here. Marketing coordinator at Cheshire Impact, Christina Anderson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Casey. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're always, we're talking, we're on scrum meetings, we're getting things done in the marketing world. It's great to just take a step back, put on crazy Christmas clothes, and just talk about this year <laughs> we call 2020. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an honor actually to be able to hear all the great marketing leaders that come on your show and uh, listen to their wisdom. I, f I get something from every episode. So it's really cool to look back and recount everything that they've taught us. See, and that's why you're here because you remember so many more things than I do. Um, <laughs> if I can just retain one sentence in my, in my brain as it comes in one ear and goes out the other, it's all the better. Sometimes I just remember like, oh, that person had a great smile or I learned this from someone. So we have really one heck of a challenge. Um, I tried to prep this and I literally got quickly overwhelmed, like completely because I was writing down, oh, we started here, started there. And for people listening, we, we have like lists behind the scenes of every episode. And, um, and there are show notes that, that you and Alexis have written on hardcoremarketing.com or you just click the links or you look in the description of the show wherever you're listening to it now, there are these notes which can be really helpful for looking back or looking an episode to see if you want to listen to it. But man, Christina, I feel like I'm literally, even if I go through almost every name, I'm going to miss like 90% of the episodes, the names, the people. I want to like give a shout out to everyone. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, and everyone deserves it for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess with that, well, the, the, uh, the legal disclaimer is to every one of my bestie friends that I have interviewed on the podcast, if I don't mention your name, send me hate mail and I will apologize. But no, like every one of these conversations was so cool. Um, but what I want to do is just kind of uh, wing it. I mean, I've wrote down a few notes, but I also just use the, the show notes and sometimes just some of the conversations just stuck out to me. I want to just go back in time to like January and walk from there the present day and i don't know just talk about just different things that stood out or that you remember learning from the different guests and then i remember the concepts or the any takeaways i had what do you think yeah absolutely let's do it all right so let's go back in time to january january 2020 where we weren't quite sure if covid was a thing yet <laughs> vacations will, were still happening um we heard the rumors of things happening overseas and like, ah, oh, I wonder if that'll be a problem. Well, <laughs> now we know. Uh, but, but back then, the, the year was just starting. It was fresh. And I had the absolute pleasure of talking to David Meerman Scott. He was one of the, the earliest names right there in the beginning of January. And I think he's probably one of the most famous authors I've had on the show. Um, and, and for me, even the conversation was like, whoa, I got to make sure I 
brush my teeth and polish my show notes, make sure I'm ready for this conversation. But in the end, you get him on the line. He was just such a down to earth, really cool guy. Do you remember, did you catch that one? Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things that, so he, his was all about the fanocracy yeah. marketing, which was super fascinating to me. And it's all about creating fans of your brand or your company. And because, and it was wild. So he had written this book, Fanocracy Marketing, and he partnered with his daughter. And I believe yeah, his I daughter, she, she was, um, I think she was a neuroscientist or she was a doctor in neuroscience. And so he was saying how something gets released in the brain when someone is a fan of a particular, whether it's like a topic or a team or a company. And uh, he talked about how to do that. It was, it was so yeah. wild. One of the things that stood out to me most is even when um, he was talking about posting on social media and how um, a selfie and being it, because when you take a selfie, you're within four feet of the person's radius. And it's was, almost, was that the conversation where we talked about the distance? Yes. That was, that, keep going. That, yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> stands out for me too. I just didn't remember that was David. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're within someone's distance, you're now like a part of their influencing sphere yeah. and, and being, and how being a part of that. So um, bottom line is that when you are able to create that, um, that authentic ability of creating closeness and creating a fan of your brand, then you'll start um, activating your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 115. Um, and for everyone listening, sometimes the easiest way to get to these, if you don't know how to spell the person's name, but you're like, that sounds interesting, is just even write down the number that we talk about. We'll try to say numbers of episodes if we can. Um, the, sometimes the best way I even find an old episode is I'll just type in hardcore marketing. And again, core is like C-O-R-P-S, right? Um, hardcore marketing and then the person's name or just the show number. And that's how you can pull it up. So if any of these descriptions um, sound interesting to you, I mean, that's kind of the dual purpose here is like, let's talk about these things. And then if, if you didn't catch that episode, you'll definitely want to catch it. And the best way to find it is just using that number. So David Meerman Scott, 115, um, killer episode. You know, I, I wrote down, um, he said, he, he, you could tell he really thought about the ways he would say different words. Um, I, to your point about the fan, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. Like, I can't, you can't simplify that anymore. That's just beautiful. Uh, and then also the thing that stood out to me about that uh, was um, with the world the way it is now, which is funny because it was only January, um, people are craving a genuine human connection is what he had said. Um, and to your point, yeah, where you're, how big you're on the video, how close you appear. Um, I even thinking, thinking internally, like I, I, there's some people internally I want to talk to uh, because their webcams are far away and it, it kind of creates that feeling of like distance. So I have a couple of people in mind that I need to like, hey, consider moving that webcam, you know, a little bit closer. Not so you're in people's crazy zone. And I think that was another thing that, you know, David talked about. It was, it's almost like our fight or flight sense where if we're, there's different bubbles and if, and for, there's a certain number, but if you're, if you're within a certain distance or, or beyond a certain distance, I don't even know you're existing. I don't even care. But if you get into like 30 feet or something like that, I'm aware of you just in case you're like, a menace and out to do me harm with your caveman spear. And then, but, but I'm like, I'm just aware of you. But then when you get into like the four or whatever, I'm like, it's like, are you safe or not? But if you're in that zone and you're safe, we can really build a relationship. You don't really build a relationship with someone in the 30 zone, but as they get closer, you have the chance to do that. And so that's why the, um, the selfies and then also, uh, the closer video just can build such a stronger relationship, which we totally need that lesson. So it was a great timing for his book uh, to come out for that. Yeah. And I like how you said too, about building a relationship, something that you said about even people that have on their zoom, a webcam that's further away, or they're sitting further away. When you think about it, if you're closer to your, if you're closer to your camera, it's almost as if you were sitting across the table from the person at a coffee yes. shop. 
And when you're just sitting and having coffee with someone, you are building a relationship with them. And then another thing that you said about turning customers into fans and fans into customers, when someone is a fan of something, how much more likely are they to recommend that particular thing to someone that they care about? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're building all of these very authentic customer referrals because if your customers are fans of you, they want all of their friends to then be working with you. Right, right. It's fun being in a tribe of fellow consumers. It's so good, but we got to move on. And you know, this is crazy. This is, we're going to, we're going to fail. We're going to, I'm going to not say people's names. And, and also we could talk at length about every single guest. Um, so, but you know what? Let's have fun with it. Let's, let's drink some eggnog. There may or may not be Bailey's in my coffee. So, you know, cheers. <laughs> there it is. Um, who, who, let's see, who else comes to mind? Um, you know, just a, just a, a fun one that came shortly after David was um, Stoney DeGuider. Um, mostly because, not mostly, but okay, mostly. His background, speaking of backgrounds in, in Zoom, was like the bridge of a starship. And I don't remember which one. I don't know if it was Firefly or some other, but it was some sci-fi bridge, um, not the Enterprise uh, people, but, um, but it was so much fun. But then he also just schooled me on SEO, totally totally schooled me on SEO. And then no kidding. He literally got hired. Um, he was actually looking for the next gig and looking for the next round, literally got hired. I'm going to exaggerate minutes later. I don't know, but he did. There's this tradition on the show where if guests are in between jobs. They come in, they're like, God, oh, do you still want to interview me? I'm like, yeah, I do. Cause I want to see this effect happen. And then shortly thereafter they get hired and I'm taking all the credit. The show is taking all the credit for them getting hired. Not really, but it's it's kind of a fun tradition. Stony was really fun. Um, what what episodes come to mind for you? Um, so definitely one of my favorites in January was Laura Luckman Kelber. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it was because I just related to so much of what she was saying. Um, she really declares war for her team on multitasking, having too many tabs open. And uh, one cool thing when she was telling her story, and she has accomplished so much in her career, but it was her basically saying, um, you need to be super focused. If you have all these other distractions going on, um, how much are you really accomplishing in the first place? Um, and I am someone that as um, maybe some other people my age, who knows, also do this. I'm someone that used to always have a ton of tabs open. And then I noticed that almost it was as if anxiety would increase or <laughs> and you're trying to flip through everything. But if you kind of take a step back, slow down and really prioritize uh, what's most important, close out a few tabs, you'll find that your day, you, you accomplish more and you feel more satisfied. Absolutely. Um, you know, you're mentioning the tabs. I literally thought of you. So have you seen your tabs decrease just from listening to that episode? Have you? I would have to say yes, because yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I do have a couple tabs open right now, but I think, but it's definitely not like 20. <laughs> to be fair, you get so much done that I can't really say anything about your tabs. If you want to have 30 tabs, like you do that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Laura, what st struck me, and I love the title that we picked for this one, the no-nonsense marketing fundamentals. So Laura Luckman-Kelber, show 121. Um, you know, sometimes it's a review for us, but there's, sometimes there's gaps. So, I mean, she hit everything. The four Ps, some are good, some are not. The brand, buyer personas, ABM empathetic messaging, like all these different things. She just went through all of them with like this complete, you know, there's no, there's, sometimes there's that slant of, of people put their own color on it because they're trying to sell you technology. And so you're like, what is really the strategy? But she just kind of zeroed in on it. Um, and I, I just really appreciated that from her being able to learn. And, and back then I was also trying to clarify what is ABM really? Cause there's so much BS out there. It was great to have her just, just say it like it is, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Who else stands out to me? Um, oh, you know what? One of my favorite, absolute favorite people um, and guests ever on the show was episode 129. Do you know that one? 129. Oh, my goodness. Yes. How can we cannot do this episode <laughs> with mentioning 129. So for all of you listening, 129, we actually did a flip flop. 
So um, Casey Cheshire, your host was on, yes, he was on as the guest. And then we brought on a special guest who is also another one of our um, favorite people, Ethan Butte uh, from BombBomb, such a cool guy. But so Ethan actually interviewed Casey all about um, marketing automation unleashed. Casey is such an expert and a thought leader in this particular topic. And he just gave it to us. Capture, nurture, automate, report. I cannot get it out of my head. Uh, it's stuck in there. <laughs> it <is. laughs> you know, Ethan is like literally one of my top 10 favorite humans on the planet. And um, it was such a, a cool honor um, to, to have, you know, because I just kind of threw it at him you know, and, and I think our friendship has grown since then, but it was kind of early. And I was like, man, I, I love chatting with you. Would, would you do this flip a roo thing? I'd never done that before. And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like he had done like four of them already. So he already, he already knew the ropes. Um, but he's been an evangelist for bomb bomb for a long time. Uh, and so it was just really cool to flip the script. He actually used my prep notes and everything too. So he was saying all the things that I would say on the show and it was great to be able to be the guest and answer some questions and uh but with the people that i care about the the listeners of this show um because i've done guests on other other shows but it was cool to just kind of do that for for this show and he did such a good job almost better than i did which is scary so that's why he hasn't been back on yet <laughs> i don't know about that you each have your own style it's great it's true it's true <laughs> um you know shortly after um after me episode 137 i just want to quick shout out to Logan Childs, who is also at Chesh here, head of our sales team. And his episode was on what it really takes to align sales and marketing. And it, it was, I love every now and then, you know, it's a marketing show, but you got to have sales in there. We're one, we're one team, but to have Logan come in there and he's just matter of fact, he's just super chill. And he's like, this is what it takes. And, you know, being in sales, he can smell the bullshit. And he's like, nope, this is what it takes to align sales and marketing. I, I just had a blast with him. Yeah, he's he's really passionate about that topic. It's so cool yeah. to hear him describe it. I mean, definitely one of my favorite uh, quotes from that show is how he just said, like, marketing, order pizza for sales, or which is basically just him saying, like, sit down and talk to them. Yeah. Just, like, find out what matters to them what is that qualify like what is their qualifying criteria that they want from the lead um the leads are weak but <laughs> the leads are weak uh, have you seen that movie yet uh no i haven't i really want you're gonna though. quote it and you can you do that over the holidays can you like yes do that? yes that that can be my assignment i i talked to a few <laughs> people about it and they said all you really need to see is is the speech from alec baldwin in that no. show those people aren't purists. Who, were those marketers saying that? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's a, it's a, it actually just, it's a, it's a good movie just from the way it's shot and just the crazy monologues and the drama and the rainy phone booth, phone calls. It just, it's, it's very well done as a movie, but it has these funny little tangents on the sales side. But yeah, you definitely need to check that out. Um, you know, it was interesting to me, Logan also was saying capture and automate. So it was really cool that a lot of the same vocabulary I use, he uses, he uses, I use. And I think that just really, that's part of it. He mentioned that too. That's part of aligning. It's just using the same words. Don't have your marketing fancy words and the sales fancy words, like have the same vocabulary. So at least you don't miscommunicate that way. And it's, I mean, it's bad enough when we try to do international relations with another country and they're like, did you just insult us? We're like, no, we were trying to say we liked the dinner. Like we, ah, you know, like different languages can be so frustrating. So it was, a, it was a great point that he brought up of just make sure you align the definitions, make sure you align the vocabulary. And that's not hard. You just need to sit down, understand what theirs are. And honestly, marketing, just use sales as vocabulary. You know, don't need to invent your own. Yeah. Speak their language. Yes, totally. Totally. Um, you know, just, just as cool as episode 129 was 164. Do you happen to recall the special guest of 164? Oh my. <laughs> Let me all tell you about the guest of 164 it was none other than Christina Collins joined that one, right? No, that was, uh, that was Christina Anderson. So <laughs> no, but like you Anderson then. 
I, I believe so. Well, cause so I, I was married back in April of this year. April. Um, okay. And when yeah. did, when did that episode happen? Was that in like June? Yes, that was, okay. that was June. Well, yeah. I was joined by none other than the guest we have today. So you were on <laughs> that one. And you know what? I, I do recommend people check that out. Um, we probably shouldn't spend any time on it because it was just such a great episode, but we, we literally recounted everything we had learned in like a, a concerted, we spent a whole month just going crazy on ABM and we learned everything there is to know. And you and I discussed it in one episode on 164. Yeah. I think, I think that episode might've been almost two hours. Was it was, really? I believe it. I don't, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, there were so many takeaways from that. And, um, for, for those that are still trying to just advance their account-based marketing strategy or, yeah, yeah. um, or aren't really sure because you're hearing so many conflicting different views, let's check out those, check out that um, episode. It'll take you through the different people that we interviewed that are experts on the topic, yeah. help, help you out with that. And we're not trying to sell you any ABM software. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to put it out there. Like, this is what it is. And also we do it here internally. Um, and so uh, we've been sort of executing it while learning about it and teaching other people about it. Um, do you want to take a stab? I got, I got, I mean, I got a thousand people. I can talk. Do you want to, anything come to mind for you as we move along the timeline here? I don't even know what month we're in at 164. Um, so I wanted to actually recall I skip? Uh, a little bit below that 167, okay. um, was actually Neil Schaefer and he talked about influencer marketing. Um, and this is something that, I, I don't know if a lot of companies actually uh, do this in the B2B world. I know I, it's done by a lot of like big B2C brands, but when you think about like the influencers in your particular industry space, the service that you provide, who are, who is your audience listening to on social media? Yeah, um, yeah. Who is putting out all of the content and thought leadership on LinkedIn? Who are people engaging with the most? Um, how could you partner with that person so then that way, all of a sudden, they're either they're mentioning you or you're working with them, you're getting their insights. It's it's just really powerful, and I feel like it's not often discussed. It's kind of untapped. Yeah, and he's like the master of it. He wrote the book on it. Someone recently asked on Slack, uh, in one of the communities I'm in, hey, does anyone know about influencer marketing? I was like, yeah, this guy. Listen to this podcast, 167, go get his book. Uh, really cool guy. Big fan of Japan, too. He lived in Japan for a long time, uh, which was fun. You know what? We just skipped over um, a, probably like 10 really fantastic ones. Um, <laughs> Jody Daniels talked about GDPR and email and privacy, which it doesn't get talked about ever on 154 uh, and what happens if people are asking you to remove them from your database i mean that's just one of the most tactical ones you need to check out um christopher engman this was probably one of the guys i learned from the most but he's so smart to the point where i literally needed to listen to the episode a couple times this happens when i listen to some other podcasts like lex friedman other they're just really smart people and you just need to like what did what did he say and you give yourself a chance to process it but he talked about how he oftentimes will come into a company and he will trim up the sales team and he will double down on marketing because people way underspend on marketing and they typically overspend on sales and you got to get that ratio down. And he does a lot of research and science and his book is like all about making big deals happen. Really cool guy, Joe Kaufman, Juliana Casale. She was so much fun. Shout out to her. So much fun. Um, and then also another shout out to Chris Walker, 163. He is powerful. Chris Walker, you got to check out this episode. Um, we talked about a lot of things, including Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. He's like the ad guy. Um, but he had something like three cold brew coffees before the podcast. Um, he was drinking one during the podcast. And I, I'm, I'm not super sensitive to it but like i will sip one of those um and i know sometimes we'd have them in the office back when we were both in the same location but man he was he was caffeinated he was on fire yeah and it, i mean it reflected in what he was saying too it was mind-blowing um i i mean the title reflects one of the biggest takeaways there is distributing content is breaking news um yes. and then 
it was so cool to hear his process about how he distributes videos and content and his the cadence that he does it on LinkedIn and how much he invests in that. Because in his eyes, if you continually educate and build people, um, build that relationship with your thought leadership, then eventually when people have a need, they will reach out to you because you're the one that they know about. Yeah. I love when people shatter myths with the hammer. By the way, you were the one that went to Valhalla and acquired Thor's hammer. So for everyone to be official, she gifted me Thor's hammer, the real one. Not, It's not fake. It's the real hammer. Um, and I love when people do that. I love when they just challenge everything you know. He's the, he's the, the web ad guy, and he's like, I don't gate my stuff. Not all of my stuff. Certain things I don't. And to your point, having news as a destination from your ad – was fantastic it was fascinating and he even talked about a test where he had a thousand people click an ad and and that's uh, maybe more but a thousand people converted and filled out a form to get some content it's something like i don't know like a hundred actually went and got the content so he's like what's the point here getting their name or getting them to read the content and so he flipped the script and said get them to read the content and eventually you'll get them in the hopper and so it was really cool i mean what was cool about him is not only does he throw out crazy things like that but you know he's measuring the heck out of it so you can't it's not like you make oh well that sounds dumb he'd show you the stats it shows that it works you know um, he just needs a little more marketing automation in his life to track all that <laughs> um, um one yeah. of one of the one of my uh favorite episodes probably this would if i were to list off a top 10 out of like the over 200 that we've done this would probably really? have to be one of them yeah i would say um episode 180 chris kermitsos yes. um and the podcast title is the same title of his book uh start ugly and uh even so if you're ever looking and you need to feel motivated to start that one thing either that you've always wanted to do or maybe because we're a couple weeks away from the new year you're starting to have these new year's resolutions and and then you start it or maybe you don't and you come up with an excuse it basically just motivates you to start that that one thing mm -hmm. um it would be something that I would recommend to anyone. You don't even have to be in marketing. Just go on, listen to that. Yeah, he he's the guy. Like when I have questions about podcasting, hey, is there website site specific templates, WordPress for this stuff? Yep, boom, there's a product here. Go check that out. Like he is just the guy. Um, so he talked about podcasts, but you're right. He also talked about not trying to make the, everything pretty. Just get going, just get the ball rolling, get the wheels turning, like just get started. Um, and don't worry about making it perfect. Yeah. He, he was fantastic. A shout out to, to him, you know, Ashley anger was so much fun to chat with um, her and Brent Walters comes to mind when I think about just having fantastic conversations that you just, you, you end the call and you're like, that was just so much fun. It's just so much fun to talk to um, those guys, Hillary too. And Jay Gordman, um, Kristen Sweeney. I really had a good time talking with her, maybe because she's a theater nerd like me. I don't know, but she was episode 183. Um, and then that brings up um, Alan Wax, which is 184. Gosh, I'm going to fall into this trap. Let me pass it back to you. Alan Wax, fantastic ABM expert, but also talks about how to, how to really step up your sales game, which is really fantastic. But anyways, let me pass it back to you or I'm literally going to read every show on the line here. Um, and well, another one that I want to make sure that we didn't skip over it, 192, Holly Cerides, um, very cool. So she actually kind of relates back to what we were talking about with Laura Luckman Kelber in terms of being super focused and always prioritizing what's most important. Um, and this was actually something that I was guilty of saying. So she talked about how when uh, different people would walk by her marketing team and they would ask how things were going, they would always say, we're super busy. And she corrected them and said, no, we're not super busy. We are super focused. Yes. The company cannot afford to have us not be always doing the most important thing. Um, so the episode title, Outcome Obsessed Marketing, it's all about being results oriented, listen to it with your team, and then you'll feel like you can conquer the world. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, that's a huge point. I'm so, I mean, this is this episode. I don't know if it's helpful for anyone listening or if it's just fun hearing our, our friendly banter, but it's helpful for me because you're right. That was one of the, I just had such a great time talking to her. I, I feel like I, I can call her a friend now. Um, we've had some great conversations. She started her own company with recreational software. It's in, in products. It's very cool. Um, but you're right. The idea of busy versus focused. That was the old adage. Oh, marketing was valued on how busy they were, but yet, they were the first one on the chopping block because it wasn't about being busy. So she said, we're focused. And that was in the response to people asking, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And um, sometimes the answer is no, because we're, we're focused on this. Or we can do it at some point, just not right now. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was also her that said, and every now and then just kind of like take one of the random things they, they're asking for and just do that too, so that you're kind of keeping them asking you for things. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. really good. Um, you know, we skipped over a couple of cool people, but we can't name everyone. Um, Steph Smith was kind of like a fortune teller for me. It was the first conversation with an analyst who at the hustle, which by the way, everyone should check out. Um, we should put a link on the on the show. So maybe enough people click through that and they'll send me a hat or something. Um, but uh, but but Steph really and it was interesting because she was, let's see, was um when did she come out? It was um, August. So we were kind of in this COVID thing. Um, but she was talking about the future and not always super sunny and bright where I'm kind of like half full. She was kind of like, well, the cup is what it is. And so it was really interesting chatting with her. But she's a, a great person to uh, that episode 185 was a great one to check out because she literally was talking about different dependencies. It's kind of a little step away from just traditional marketing. And so she would talk about um, so if people aren't traveling as much, what does that change for hotels and just understanding how industries are connected, which I think we don't think as much about in marketing. We're just kind of so focused on our own industry, but oftentimes there are dependencies between industries. And she really got me thinking about different cascading effects and different things we should think about, um, with our marketing. Yeah. It, she really kind of almost starts to make you see the bigger picture. Yeah. Exactly. Bigger, like we're so, we can get so micro-focused on the cost per click or something when we need to take a step back and understand how it fits into the whole ecosystem. And that's, that's what CMOs do. So it's, it's a great reminder. Who else? Anyone from your list? Definitely uh, 194, Alex Goldfain. This yeah. is another uh, guest that we had um, that's a sales expert. Um, and he shared uh, five minute selling and it was so mind blowing, but to hear how true what, like what he was saying, it actually is true. Um, and he talked about like the, did you know, question yeah. and essentially like, so marketers were always so focused on, you know, sharing what we do, where our message is focused on that particular product or that particular service. Um, but that did you know question almost just uh, ushers in the opportunity for cross-selling. Um, and he shared how he was at an airport at a coffee shop. And then the cashier just asked him a simple question of, hi, would you like a bottle of water with that? She just asked the, did you know question of, hey, did you know that we also serve water? Yeah. And he said, yes. Yes, he <laughs> like, did. <laughs> I would like a bottle of water, but he was curious. And he asked her, um, how many people say yes to that? And she's like, oh, quite a bit. And he actually did some studies and he knows it was something like 34% of people will say yes to that on average. So ask it, you know, 10 times, and you'll get three yeses to that. And so there's all these little quick little tips that sales can add into the repertoire and marketing to just start getting more yeses, more sales, more conversions. Um, I even think about Treasure Impact where we're so focused on Pardot, we need to tell people, hey, did you know we do Salesforce too? Not everyone knows that. Um, not everyone knows the, net, the other thing you do. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But one way to make sure they do is by asking that, did you know question? But yeah, his book, Five Minutes Selling, um, was awesome. I actually bought it. It's around here uh, somewhere. But yeah, it's little nuggets. And sometimes that's the my favorite thing to read because you don't have time to devote for that large volume or maybe a lot of it's spent with just hot air. So you just want to get to some quick tips. And his book is just full of like nugget after nugget, like way more chapters because chapters are shorter and it's about a particular tip. So yeah, he, I wrote him down too. He was really a powerful, powerful guy on the chat with um, another, another guy, um, Yogesh Mera. 
you know, th there's so many things that come from that, but I felt like uh, from his conversation, we talked about data. Uh, we also talked about the different platforms and how platforms, there's strength if you are a part of a platform or like the Salesforce ecosystem, you're an app that's tied to that. So we really got into almost the meta of the partner ecosystem. But I just remember being such a, a powerful exchange, like a, a mutual conversation where he was probing me and asking me questions and I was able to ask him back questions. So just a very, a very wise conversation, I felt. Absolutely. I love, and one of the cool takeaways from his episode is the don't fall into the shiny object uh, syndrome. Uh, marketers are the, the tech stacks are out of control. They have gotten yeah. so complex over the years. And a lot of times as um, a director, CMO, uh, you know, you're partnering with your IT department and you're trying to figure all this out and it can get exhausting. So mm -hmm. definitely check out that episode if you're in that particular area right now. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a great person to follow uh, on LinkedIn. He's really holding it down for the bank head of marketing there. Um, 199, uh, good old Femi. Um, Femi, uh, great guy. Um, talked about his background. I believe he's in, he's in London now. Um, um, I think it's only, Olajiba. I have to I'll have to look up his last name, but um, episode one ninety nine, one of the one of the greatest um, people in the world of agile and marketing. And my biggest takeaway from him in episode one ninety nine was don't stuff marketing into an agile box. A lot of people are like, well, agile is going to save us, so let's just make all of our marketing work and do agile. But he's like, no, Agile's not designed to give you marketing strategy or tell you what your goal should be. It's to help you execute better. So it, it can be really helpful for executing, but it's not going to be the thing that tells you what to execute. So he's like, don't try to stuff it in that. Otherwise, all you'll do is you'll just, just do a better job of executing what you're already doing, but you won't be having your head up to think about what should you be doing next. Um, and I just love, again, someone counterculture. Oh, you're an agile person. And you're saying that agile may not be the answer. Yeah, that was the case. Oftentimes he'd be consulted. They bring him in and he would say, no, 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 you don't have a, an agile problem here. You have a employee morale problem or you have a compensation problem or operational problem it has nothing to do with agile. Uh, but people were kind of like, again, the shiny, the shiny, either technology or the shiny methodology syndrome. People were really fixated on that. Oh yeah. Um, and then, oh, another one. I'm, I'm looking at our list. Yeah. Uh, 212, Greg Segal. I wrote that down um, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so personalization beyond uh, the nine to five. That's the title of the episode. So um, Greg talks about uh, getting like personalization and getting to know your buyer outside of the nine to five. So yeah. in other words, what are your buyers doing from five to nine when they are not working? Um, and it's just like, because anybody can go on someone's LinkedIn and just say like, oh, they're, they're in this role where we're going to send them this, but or anyone can throw the first name on an email and say, oh, we're, we're personalizing our marketing. Well, not entirely. Like someone can tell the difference between being a part of an email cadence and actually knowing that you took the time to pay attention to them. Yeah. Yeah. The nine to five versus the five to nine. And I love gifting things. And for those listening, stay tuned to the end because I'm going to give you a chance to, uh, to get a little little fun swag, a little Christmas spirit at the end. Um, there's your teaser. Uh, but I, lo I love the idea of gifting, and he just kind of takes it to the next level. It's about the real person. It's not about what their LinkedIn profile says. It's kind of more like what their Facebook profile says or even like their Instagram. It's, like it, it's the person that once they're outside of work, that's who you should be gifting to. That's who you should be learning more about. Um, and shout out to Greg. We still haven't hung out, but we need to, Greg. Um, and, um, maybe after, after COVID is probably the best time to do that, but yeah, really good guy. I learned a lot from him and you yeah. know what else shortly after him, the infamous Daryl Prale, uh, came back on the show. Um, uh, it was actually a webinar that we did together in 215 episode 215. It was a webinar. It was live. So we had some studio audience and live Q and a, um, with him, but 
If you don't know who he is, he's also my top 10 list of amazing humans on the planet Earth. And he is a CMO that really held sales to task. Lo and behold, they literally said, why don't you run both? So he went from being the CMO to being the CRO. And he actually detailed how that worked. And the, the biggest thing for me was it was SLAs. And SLAs are service level agreements. And we talk about this almost every slide deck from marketing and sales alignment type thing talks about SLAs and service level agreement, service level agreement. And what it basically is, is like a treaty. It's like a peace treaty that says sales, you're going to do this. And marketing agrees to do this and vice versa. And it's kind of just a way that the two departments agree to be held accountable to certain things. Um, and it kind of brokers a piece, if you will, if you want to use the war metaphor or just, you know, you operationalize it. Um, but I've heard that so many times, and I don't know if I've ever seen it used that powerfully. Um, so when Daryl talked about how not only did he use SLAs in agreements with sales, but when sales continually violated them and results were affected, and the CEO was like, what's up, marketing? He was able to show, I'm sorry. Sales is holding up its side of the peace treaty. It's like the United Nations was like, what's going on here? Why are you at war? And he's like, look, here's the treaties, and they are not doing this. And marketing had the, the optics to be able to show, this is what we're doing. Sales is not doing. And, and they were like, you know what? You, you get it. You get both things, do both things. And now he's twice as busy. But uh, the fact that he detailed that story, that was such a powerful experience. I know Logan on our team was there. And from a sales perspective, he found it powerful as well. Um, what was your take on that? Um, I thought I love, well, so I also love the idea of the SLA and I thought that it really lays it out for marketing and sales to come together and actually, you know, define and agree that they're going to hold up their end of the bargain. It's, it's a two-way street. Um, yeah. if it base and he got into detail, it was so cool because, um, so they defined their, um, qualifying lead criteria. And then, uh, basically sales said that, yes, we will only focus our priorities on these leads or, um, basically to a lot of times marketing will also say, well, sales is not following up enough. Um, in that SLA, you both can agree. Okay. I am going to do send, um, two emails, a few phone calls, reach out on LinkedIn, and you can actually get detailed with it. And then that way, when lead, when you say leads aren't being followed up on, you're able to go into um, the system and see, okay, sales has actually executed all those activities. Yeah. Um, it just really makes everything plain and clear. And then all of a sudden you're, you're more working as a team. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Anyone, anyone I missed along that list before I get to the next one stood out? Um, one cool, another cool one is uh, Chrissy Vettier uh, Sanders. She talked about, totally. um, you know, her title is the Marketing Operations Master uh, number 223. Um, yep. so, so marketing automation is huge in marketing departments. And a lot of times that particular role, she was saying how it gets a bad rap of always being tactical and no one ever thinking that that person can be strategic or that that person can um, eventually become a CMO. And, but what was so cool about what she was saying, and it's true, marketing operations often, often has that full view of the customer journey because they are the ones um, working with all the different departments and executing those particular um, processes within the different technology systems. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. It, it, we definitely had like a, a tech theme uh, for a month there or so. Um, also, Daryl Alfonso from Amazon, 219 and uh, 227 with uh, Tammy Begley. Uh, again, we, we had this concophony. That's a big word for a Thursday of, of marketing automation experts, marketing ops, revenue ops experts. Um, there was just a pleasure to learn from. Yeah, yeah, it's. 
it's cool when um, when you're able to talk about talk to the people that do what you do, like in the day to day, or like yeah. they're really passionate about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, those guys were great. I, Tammy, ha- do you remember Tammy's like crazy questions? It pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, she had this thing where at the very beginning she was like, um, "How do you put an elephant in the refrigerator?" You know, or how do you put a giraffe in the refrigerator? And I was like, and these are questions she would use to start her, her consulting. I don't want to give away the episode or, or the answers, but you could do anything you wanted to make the answer work. Um, and she definitely had me really jumping and thinking. Um, but there's just certain mental exercises she would, she would talk about and, and really try to expand the people's minds at the meeting she was at. I really liked the idea of, okay, we're going to get, have a meeting here. Let's, let's get people's buy-in that there are more than one way. Uh, there's, there's many ways to, to do certain things. So let's not get so fixated again on one solution or this solution. It's like, let's look at the overall problem. Um, she was fantastic. And you know what? Chatting with her in Australia live was just mind blowing. Like 2020 as crazy as it's been to be able to have had some of these conversations uh, directly with Israel, directly with Australia, 24 hour flight away. I don't know if I was on satellite, fiber optic. I don't know how our little faces connected over that vast distance, but it, it's mind boggling to see, think about how small our marketing world gets when you can learn from people in Australia. Um, and thankfully they're staying up and you're, you're getting up a little earlier, whatever to do, make the time zones work. But it's just, it's really just amazing. Yeah. One of the coolest things that she said is um, you need to start thinking out, outside of the box. Stop having yes. preconceived ideas um, because the way you're going to be successful is if you break down some of those boundaries. And it completely summarizes just everything that you were saying about how there's more than one way to, to do the job. Totally, totally. Um, another one that stood out, uh, people really should check this out for the for the new year. Um, may, maybe not before the holidays because it might depress you, but um, <laughs> Jeff Atkinson, Huckabye. We were talking about SEO and we were talking about how in the coming year, it's going to be all about site speed. Site speed is going to be a big differentiator in whether you show up or not. And Google has some great tools and literally on the show, I did the tools and put in Cheshire Impact and and you get a score between zero and 10, a hundred, zero and a hundred. And I would get like 12 or six or something. No, I think it was like 12. And then one competitor got like six, another one got 20. And you're like, oh my gosh, we're this low. And I looked at some venture back companies with like threes. Uh, it's a, it's going to be a big problem next year. It's going to be all about speed, all about site speed. We got all these little widgets. We all this chat we add to our sites. You got to make sure we're being wise about making sure they load. We don't want all those plugins on WordPress anymore. We got to kind of trim things up. So his episode was just sort of a wake up call for me. That was episode 228. Yeah, I would have to agree with that one. It like It's kind of, you, you know, you work so hard and sometimes you can get so in the weeds about what you're doing that you forget to take a step back and say, wait, but is everything actually set up to make us successful? Yeah. Hundred um, percent. You know, and the last one that really came to mind uh, that I wrote down in, in the notes because I could literally talk about each one was uh, Janae Brown. Um, she was someone who, on Twitter, her her Twitter literally said, and people were calling her this, the Beyonce of marketing. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I got I got to hear about this. I got to meet this person. I got to talk to them. Literally sent them a tweet and was like. If you're, if you're really the Beyonce marketing, then we totally should chat on the podcast. Um, and honestly, I think she is. I'm convinced. It is confirmed. Rumor confirmed. She is. Um, there's a quote that we have in the show notes that I really liked. Good marketing is about um, tact, not just tactics. It's all about the people. If there were no people, there'd be no customers, audience, or need for the brand. Like She just dropped these mics left and right. And we talked brand, we talked even some B2C type lessons that came in there. Um, her biggest image um, was the idea of strategies like a carnival. There needs to be something for everyone. A consumer is very nuanced. And so you have like the, the hot dog stand and like the cotton candy and you have the roller coaster, but some people are afraid of that. So you've got the Ferris wheel and you got this other thing. People need to be able to choose their own adventure in your, in your, in your park. And then also they need to be, 
finding the things that really resonate the most with them. So she was just, and she introduced me to like all sorts of types of candy. And we just had these wild conversations that really just got me thinking about marketing. Yeah, it's, it's cool because um, one of the takeaways from her episode is how you have to stand out. And I think that even her branding being the Beyonce of marketing really captures that. Yeah. And um, even something too that I know that you sometimes challenged me with as well is just um, developing that personal brand, almost like kind of how you have the fist for the emoji. And yeah, yeah. And, and for me, I always wonder but why like I'm always still trying to come into that so it's interesting yeah have we, have we settled on your your emoji yet <laughs> well, I always I don't know I always feel like my personal emoji that it, it because it it would be a sunshine but I don't know if it would be very well accepted in the in the business world oh my gosh you should totally do that why, why wouldn't it be accepted I'm, I well because I feel that like to your point, if everything is rainbows and sunshine, then is it realistic? Mm-hmm. You know, true. I want people to still understand that I'm down to earth. <laughs> That's true. That's I true. Just, I just choose to try and take a positive outlook or a positive spin. Yeah, but like. I think that's that's important. That's that's necessary. And yeah, this the sunshine is a great emoji. Like nothing. <laughs> like you, if you type good morning. That's one thing. But you type good morning with a little sunshine, like that's a morning. Like you can wake up every morning and it's a good morning. But like when there's actually sun coming in, it's not like that gray. Like right now in New Hampshire, I don't know if it was in New York, like you have the sort of gray mornings where you're like, I think it's sunny behind all that fog and cloud that's coming in. But to have the sun out there, yeah, it's totally it. You should totally think about that. You should add it. You should test it out. Oh yeah. Running the test. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I haven't seen anyone else use it. So if you use it first, that's fantastic. You know? True. And what's cool is when you sign up for apps and you sign up using LinkedIn, it pulls in your name and it pulls in like the little emoji for your username and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, Well, that's, that's the list I had in any other ones that, that I didn't talk about that you had written down or had been thinking about. Um, I think we, we, we talked about, we did talk about a lot of them. I think the one too, that also, um, stood out to me and it, it's pretty far back. It was way towards the beginning of the year, um, is Adam Whitty's episode. Um, he talked all about authority marketing. Um, and what was wild is how, um, when you become the thought leader, or on a particular topic and you're the expert, almost as if like you, you know, you write a book on the topic and people will listen to that. And it very much relates to back on Neil Schaefer's episode that influencer marketing is when you're able to um, display yourself as the expert in a particular topic, people are going to listen to that and seek that out. And then that is how, again, you start to help and build relationships with that um, intended audience. Oh, so true. So true. Um, and, and you're right. There are literally 100, there's 120, 120 episodes. Um, so that's why I always encourage people that if you're, you know, check one out. And if the guest is totally boring, you just hop to something else, like hop to a different one. There's just, there's so many that people can have high standards when they're listening to this that, um, and there aren't, there aren't that many that you could even say are boring, but you know, it's even just personal. Like, what are you feeling like? You feeling like some SEO, you feeling like talking about some tech, or you just want to go crazy. Like Diane, um, Hamilton, just talking about, um, positivity and creativity and innovation and using curiosity in marketing. Like that was, that was a good one. That was 123, you know, and so there's, there's this sort of variety so that people can really, um, you know, whatever they're kind of feeling hankering for a little mint chocolate chip and hardcore marketing, you know, they can just kind of pick and choose which ones they're looking for. I know. I love the mint chocolate chip mention. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Now, is that your favorite or do you, what is your favorite? My favorite would probably have to be cookie dough. Cookie dough is not bad, but you got to get the right cookie dough, right? Or, or any cookie dough. Are you like non-judgmental, like whatever cookie dough, bring it forth. I will eat it. Or do you, can they do it wrong? Um, I, I mean, I've never seen it done wrong, but I do have a preference towards Ben and Jerry's. 
Gotcha. <laughs> totally get that. Totally get that. Yeah. Mint chocolate chip as well. There's a local neighborhood place that I've grown up eating theirs, but just recently, I think it's like Turkey Hiller. I don't know if maybe it's local or something, but um, their mint chocolate chip is the best I've ever had. And I've literally told Tina not to ever buy it again, unless it's like a birthday or, or a holiday or something, because I will literally just eat it. And I was like, okay, I have no control over this ice cream. I have zero control. I surrender. So please just don't ever buy this because uh, the other ones I can be like, oh, okay, I'm getting kind of full. That was nice. I had a little bit. This is so light and, and like it's the shaved mint chocolate and it's just, I just can't say no. Um, so that brings me to my, my last question. Anything you are asking Santa for this year, Christina? Oh, um, I, I would, I mean, oh man, it's, it's tough because it's like, what is on the greatest, um, wish list? It's like, I know, right. Um, I, I would love to have silent discos back. I would love to have concerts and events back. Um, but as far as like material items, to be honest, like I would really love um, a pair of like mox like little moccasin slippers to wear around the house because of this year I've spent so much more time in the house. And especially now that it's winter outside. I mean, I wear my boots in the house, but, yeah. but I don't really want to have to wear my boots. I'd rather wear like something a little cozier. Or, right okay so, so for the millions of people they're going to send you mocks and slippers what size <laughs> eight and a half <laughs> okay perfect um <laughs> it'll be funny that like a delivery check me me you know ups pulls up and they just like how many did you order i didn't order any <laughs> um, <laughs> um that's awesome yeah no i i hear even before the the practical tactical just the idea of like Silent discos are weird, but I'm with you. Just like something in person and also the live concerts. I'm with you on that. I, I had booked a couple and they all, you know, got refunded, but it's like, I really wanted to just see that. And just looking at some of them on YouTube now, I'm like, man, I want to get back to the energy of like everyone being together, totally digging the song. Um, all about that. Totally, totally. I'm um, looking forward to that. For me, I, I think it's, um, probably asking Santa for some stuff around skiing. I think I'm going to get back into that. It seems like one of those things that you can, you can do safely because you're wearing a mask anyways, because it's so freaking cold that you're not really hanging out. Um, it'd be funny if they blocked the middle seat on a chairlift or something, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I'm, I think I might get back into skiing. So maybe I'll ask for some new skis. They changed the way the skis look every year. I swung by a ski shop recently and um, I was able to get boots at least because my last boots just hurt. Apparently when you have feet like a hobbit, um, they don't make boots for you. Um, and so I just, um, they always hurt, but now they do, they have Hobbit ski boots. So I was able to get some, but, but even the skis look newer. And so they're like, Oh, how old are your skis? And you lie. You know, I totally lied. I was like, Oh, I'm like nine years ago. It's probably like 20. It's probably like 25, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe. And Bob just like, Oh, like 10, I'll, I'll see if they fit my boots. Uh, so I probably need to ask Santa for some new skis, but, um, yeah. Yeah. New skis and hanging out with family and people, all the isolation. I like to bust through that at some point. Um, and, and that brings me to the, uh, the next part. Um, you know, one other holiday wish I would say I have is I would literally love to connect with the listeners of this show. Um, and not even in like some cool marketing way. Like I just really would love to meet you if you're listening, especially if you're listening to this point, you've gotten this far with Christine and I rambling about all these fun shows we've listened to. Um, would love to um, hear from you. Um, who are you? Where are you from? What are your challenges? What are you facing um, in marketing or, or whatever you do? Um, and also what you ask Santa for. So my email is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at Cheshire Impact. Cheshire has two H's. So C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E-I-M-P-A-C-T.com. We're not going to put this on the show notes um, because that would be too easy for the people that didn't listen the whole way through. But um, send me an email, answer some of those questions, say hi, just send me a smiley face. I'd love to know who you are um, and connect with you. Really, I would love to connect this holiday season. And because I've been wearing this crazy outfit, in case you're listening, I'm wearing an ugly Christmas sweater with a Santa hat the entire time. 
I am feeling very much in the giving spirit. So when you do send me that email, it'd be great. You don't have to, but it'd be great if you sent that ma put the mailing address in there as well. So we can send you a little holiday cheer, holiday cheer, a um, little something, something to put from over here. Nothing crazy, no Rolexes people, but just a little something to uh, brighten your holidays. Uh, love to connect um, and uh, become part of the larger hardcore family here. So that's it for me, Christina. What do you think? Is this, uh, is this episode a wrap? It, it, it could be, it, we, we could definitely talk about this all day for sure. The, the, this could be the infinite episode, the infinite episode. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, I wonder how long it goes before Podbean or iTunes is just like, no people, no <laughs> too long. <laughs> um, and then you sprinkle in little giveaways along the way, you know, just to see who can, who can outlast the 10 hour podcast. Um, but no, I think this was good. I'm um, the, the shout out to everyone that I chatted with that really made some great friends this year. I've learned so much um, in the marketing world, sales world, um, connected with so many amazing people. Um, so yeah, just want to send love and happiness and healthiness to everyone out there this year. And with that, Christina, thanks for being on here and wishing everyone a, a happy holidays with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Great way to great way to end the year. And uh, we will attack things again in the new year uh, with some vigor. And anyone that gets really sad because there aren't any episodes until the new year, there's a bunch that happened this year. So go check out some of the past ones and uh, we will see you. We will attack 2021 with just as much energy as we wanted to have happen in 2020. Um, and with that, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show, everyone. We will see you all next time. Yeah.